Hey everybody and welcome to the Vulnerable Entrepreneurs coming at you from the great city of Worcester, Massachusetts. I'm Sean Riley. And I'm Common Thrath. And today, like always, we're having a no bullshit conversation about the entrepreneurial way of life. Hey everyone, I'm super excited to have a good friend of mine uh, and a mentor, Juliana Marulanda, who's the founder and CEO of Scale Time. Um, really her mission and, and what she does is amazing. Uh, they're looking to change uh, the success rate of business owners by really helping them figure out the confusion and all the chaos of like systems and processes and people and KPIs and all the things that we need to run a business. She clears up all that crap and makes it look nice and beautiful, but it's not easy. Uh, but it's definitely been transformational for myself and my team who've been with working with her and her team. And I'm super excited to share her story with us. Um, and so Juliana, welcome. Thank you for having me here. This is so good. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, you know, some other extra kudos about what you do. And I didn't really know about this until I started deep diving a little bit more about you was, you know, that you have like 13 years of experience in wall street, um, that you actually also went to school overseas. Yes. So, so it was one year of, of experience on wall street. It was 18 years now of experience in operations and went to, and did a year at the London school of economics. So yeah. Well, today's episode, <laughs> we want to kind of peel back your brain and figure out who is Juliana. Uh, <laughs> and Do we like, have like, the time? What I was <laughs> about is like a lot of people who don't know you, like she she is so, uh, not as I say raw, but like unfiltered. And that's what I love about her. And a lot, and a lot of my other team members who participate with her, her group, like they look forward to meeting and speaking with Juliana and her team, because she just tells you how it is. And, and there's no filter. Um, it's refreshing. And sometimes you kind of need that kick in the ass. And, uh, <laughs> and I, I love, and I don't mind it <laughs> from Juliana. <laughs> <laughs> it's the loving kick in the ass. <laughs> and it's not verbal abuse, it's, it's love. <laughs> oh, dear God. <laughs> also embarrassing, too. I think, well, yesterday you made me sing, uh, I'm a Barbie girl. So. And it was beautiful. And and now we all need to go to karaoke because, and, and I don't think you're ever going to be late to a cohort. <laughs> no, uh, I, I think I might try to, implement that on on my team <laughs> but i thought i was actually messaging uh nikki who's our business manager i was like we got to do this too but before we can do that i gotta get better at being on time for our own team <laughs> meetings and then we'll implement this <laughs> yeah yeah it holds you to task it's very good it's um where did we i learned that hack i think um it was from a my, my very good friend who's also an entrepreneur her husband and she implements it um in her accounting and i think they used to do that at ge um for presentations so I was like, ooh, that's a, that's a good one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bring it back. Uh, an oldie but goodie. I'm a Barbie girl. And I was in my head all morning this morning. So. I know. I was, like, I was like, yes, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Juliana, where, while you were growing up, did you actually envision yourself to become a business owner or an entrepreneur? No. No, there was no... Um, 
<laughs> there was no delusions of grandeur. Um, at that point, I would say uh, it, it was um, my environment as it was didn't really, you know, facilitate that, I would say, or at least like that thinking or that possibility at the time. Um, I, I used to have a running joke. Um, well, maybe it was with myself, which sounds very nerdy, but, um, it was like, I, I tended to have, like, I, I, I studied Greek mythology and I used to love Greek mythology. And so I always used to say like, I had hubris. Um, now I don't really see it as hubris. I see it as, um, you know, free agency, autonomy, freedom, choice. Um, but at the time, because of my environment, and just to kind of give you like a little bit of some scope. So my dad was in jail. My mom had cancer at a really young age. So we were dealing with like health issues um, and just like a bunch of stuff. Like I was also dealing with immigration because I was born in Colombia, but I went to school. I've, I've been here since I was about three, but we didn't actually like get our naturalization until um, I was in high school. So there was a lot of stuff going on. And um, I want to say, how old was I? I think I was like um, 16 and uh, they like, and by they, I mean sort of whatever it was called before, um, like immigration services. Now I believe it's Homeland. Uh, like they like lost my identity. So I couldn't apply to colleges as a, as a, you know, as a U.S. resident, even I had to apply as an international student, so it was it was like a lot of challenges <laughs> dealing, you know, as I was growing up. So the idea of of entrepreneurship wasn't even like a blip, right? Like when when I was growing up, I was like, you know, I need to make money so that I don't have to deal with all this crap, right? Like that was kind of my thinking growing up. I was like, how do I um, make money and, and every single kind of challenge and step of the way was me kind of beating the system per se. Uh, I was like, okay, you know, I, I no longer wanted to be at home, um, you know, on the reels, uh, when I was, when I was a teenager. So I was like, how do I beat the system? So I graduated high school in three years. Right. And, wow. um, you know, or, or I was like, okay, I was like, my identity got lost by immigration. How do I beat the system? Right. And so I applied to college as an international student, uh, made friends with the admissions officers, <laughs> um, at Trinity, uh, we're still good friends. And, um, he's like, oh my God, I can't wait for you to freaking graduate. Cause you have like no sense of respect for authority. Uh, we're, we're best friends. He's like on speed dial, uh, Anthony and, <laughs> You know, and so for me, it was this like constant challenge to beat the system. And, and nowadays I create systems, right? So we can, we can laugh at the irony for that, but, <laughs> but that was, that was the drive. So when, so when did it click for you? Like, when did it happen? Or did it just like always been that way? Like, when was it like, I'm going to start a business? No. Um, so, so after I would say, well, not even after college. Like, so during college, I got offered my last year to work on Wall Street, right? Like, so I entered in as a senior with a job waiting for me at the end um, on Wall Street because I was like, I'm going to make some money because like I need to pay back, you know, school and debt and this and this and that, right? So, so afterwards, and then I was like, oh my God, I hate this. <laughs> so, you know, like, and I went into it, and I'm like looking at spreadsheets for 16 hours a day. I was like, ah, um, not necessarily for me, but it was, it was a phenomenal education. And, 
you know, and then I was like, okay, I'm going to try something different. And, and I really, I feel like such a millennial statistic of, I think I changed jobs like every eight months or something. And I was really good at it. Like, like I'd get promoted within like three months. Right. And then I would, you know, and then I would go on to the next thing. Like, like I would get raises and promotions and this whole thing. And, and I was doing operations. And, and what was cool about that was I got to see everything in operations, right. From customer service to training, to, um, logistics, to warehouse. Um, I worked for in organic toy company for a little bit, uh, doing sales and, and logistics. So there was, there was all of this and nowhere in there was, I'm going to start a business. Cause in my mind, starting a business meant a crap ton of capital, right? Um, it meant like you, you went and you got your MBA and like, there was, there was just so many beliefs around what it meant to start a business that it didn't dawn on me. Um, and then I was, I was in, where was I? So my last real job, I would say was with a, an amazing, uh, boss. Um, and, and he was incredible. We were doing education technology and, you know, we, so as part of like starting the business, we, you know, it was kind of ground zero at starting his new business. Cause he had sold his old one and he was also like doing VC stuff. So I was kind of, you know, supporting him in that. He was also, uh, adjunct professoring at Harvard, um, in their, uh, master's ed program. And he was, you know, teaching sort of ed operations, operations for education. So I was supporting him in that. And, and I remember sitting in a classroom, um, in Harvard and, and, you know, kind of like helping him and, you know, helping prep material and then taking notes and be more like copying my notes, and all of these, and I think we were in an entrepreneurship, I think he was doing like at an entrepreneurship classroom. People were copying my notes and I was like, you know, it, it broadened my idea of like, I don't need to go through all these hoops. And if I start a service-based business, I don't really need capital, right? So, so things started to click for me. And he decided to take a huge hiatus, which he could right? Because he had millions of dollars in the bank, which was awesome for him. And then I was like, Shit, what do I do? And, and I really wanted to test sort of like do small businesses need operations. And, and that's what I tested. And I tested that for, for almost like two years. Um, and, and then the answer was yes, yes, they do need operations. <laughs> but yeah, for me, it was, it was just this evolution of kind of breaking beliefs and um, and seeing what the next step was, but it, there was no like, oh my God, this revelation of I can have a business. Um, it, it really felt kind of like baby step by baby step. Mm-hmm. And then throughout that learning process, though, like some failures and like, you know, what, what, what were some of the failures that you were faced that you faced? Um, so there's tons of failures. Um, so I would say there's like little failures and big failures. Um, so one of, I would say one of the biggest failures, um, where I just got so tired of it that I actually paid money. I paid a lawyer, I paid a communications expert and I paid a salesperson to teach me how to say no. Um, 
because I kept saying yes to things that weren't worth my time that like as a female entrepreneur, you know, I felt like I was being taken advantage of, um, not like in a victim-y kind of way, but like, in a, I just didn't know how to navigate kind of way. Right. Um, and so learning to say no for me, um, at the beginning caused, I think a lot of failure, right. Cause I would just say yes to shit that just wasn't worth my time. <laughs> right. Like, and, and it was just, you know, and then you're just like spending time on things that are like not worth it. And, um, I think another one, um, another kind of thing that just had sort of these aggregate failures was not executing on my gut. And what I mean by that is like, Oh man, I should do this. I should do that. Um, and, and I was thinking, you know, like I should niche down to digital agencies like a year before I did. I should rebrand like two years before I did. Um, I should build a program like a year before I did, right? Like, so there was all this like gut stuff. Like I should have my community on Slack instead of Facebook. Um, you know, and, and you can laugh at me about that one because I know oh, we yeah. went back and forth. Um, <laughs> right. But like there was all these should ofs that just kind of shitted my um, my progress. <laughs> and and it was and, and I think a lot of that was not trusting like my intuition, my spidey sense, whatever you want to call it, um, and not executing fast enough. But I think we all have that. Like we have we have these ideas all the time. They might feel like gut or not gut. How do you know to tell the difference between the good ones and the ones that are just going to spin your wheels? Um, I think there's several things, right? Like, I mean, you can always do a cost benefit analysis or like a risk assessment. Um, and, you know, and it's like, you know, if something's going to cost you a whole lot more money than you have, you know, then you got to, you know, really kind of assess the risk there. Um, but something like a Slack versus a Facebook, like neither of them is costing you money, but if you feel it in your body, like, Ooh, like this one's a better way to do it. And like your brain just keeps saying like, this is a better way to do it, but you don't do it because of all these other like external factors and you don't listen to yourself. Um, there's no risk assessment there, right? Like, like that's just not trusting and going forward and executing. So I think that, yeah, like sometimes, you know, it's, it's like, yeah, we have to like measure our risk and our opportunity and all of that. Like that's completely valid. But then there's other things such as, you know, picking the right mentor, uh, picking, um, you know, where we want to live. Like, like there's just things that go off of our energy and our vibe and, and our gut that the more you trust, I think the easier things are. What are, what was like a, a very vulnerable moment that you've had in the last, you know, five years or so? Like you shared this, like, so you went through some, like, you know, some, some failures, but like, what are moments that you felt very vulnerable during this growth within your business or, or even in a personal level? Um, there's been so many, um, <laughs> so many. You want to hear uh, it? Yeah. Somebody. So I think one is, I think there's, um, there's something that like I now say is like my net worth is not my self-worth. Right. And, and I think that's the, the Holy crap. Like I had a bad month. 
or or two bad months and now i like i'm paying for it and and by paying for it right it's you know i'm paying for it out of pocket i'm paying for it with credit cards i'm pay, like i'm indebting myself right like there's um i know the first 3 years of my business i definitely accumulated a lot of debt um i know that there was a moment it was 2 years ago where i just completely like can I curse here? I like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like I just completely like fucked up my taxes. Right. Like I just, I just completely just, I was like, doo, 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 doo. um, and I don't necessarily know if I would consider it a failure just because I like to have no, um, I was thinking of like failure as feedback. So, so like there's, you know, I was like, Oh, I would have done that differently. But, um, yeah, like my taxes. I remember this one year where I just like, I broke down and I just like, I was like crying. I was like, holy crap. I didn't prep for this. And, and it was nothing that I didn't know. Right. So, so there was like no knowledge gap. There's no capabilities gap. It was just purely behavioral. It was just kind of like, you decided to go and treat your business like a hobby, travel all over the world. Like, I mean, you're still making decent amount of money, but you're traveling. Um, you didn't put any money aside for taxes and now you're fucked, right? Like, <laughs> like you're just like, what the hell? Um, and just kind of like, just trying to clean shit up. Right. Cause it's, it's like those learning opportunities. <laughs> that are there because you're like crap what did i do um make you wiser because someone else that didn't go through that you can actually be empathetic and share that story right no i mean (laughs) absolutely like and you know or it's like you and and my mom right so she you know she's been in and out of um like remission and like she's a cancer and stuff like that so it was you know kind of paying for you know, for some of that, you know, and then it's like, you know, making the choices and feeling like, I don't know, like, like, am I not moving fast enough? You know, like now am I going to have a real business? Quote, unquote, is it going to be a real business? Um, am I going to treat it like a real business? Like, like when I put myself on payroll, I like, I cringed. I was like, Oh crap. Like I have to have consistency. Um, (laughs) so I was just like, ah, like if I can't have consistency for myself, like how can I have consistency for like my team? And, and that was really rough. Um, and, and I don't know if I, if I shared this with you, Calm, um, but like last year was, was a very emotionally like difficult year because, um, so my dad, so I didn't grow up with like a father figure like my dad, right. Cause he was, um, he was in jail and then he got deported to Colombia, and like, I hadn't seen him for, um, was it like 25 years? And, and so I actually spent last year in Colombia, um, so that I can rebuild a relationship with him. Uh, I thought he was dead. Like I I had no contact. I had nothing. And my half sister actually found me on Facebook. And it was one of those moments where I thought I was like being like trolled by scammers. Um, (laughs) cause I got like a DM, like I, I got a message and I was like, is this person real? Is this like, you know, and, and, and she had actually had been looking for me for years. And it was just like this very dramatic, I feel like, like one of those like TV drama type of stories, but you know, and I, and I spent the year, um, in Colombia as I was launching my program at the same time. Um, as I was like losing money on marketing funnels at the same time. And, and it was super emotional. And a part of me 
you know, it was like, we, we make these decisions as entrepreneurs because life so much often blends the personal with the professional, right? And, and our time is so intertwined that when we make decisions around our time or our energy, you know, it, it goes into one bucket or the other, right? Or, or kind of the Venn diagram of both buckets. And, and for me, it was like, did I make the, you know, I, I definitely felt like I made the right decision because my dad and I are super tight now. Like he texts me every single day and he sends me like these insane uh, emojis <laughs> and like, and uh, like funny videos. And, you know, and we're, and we're really, really good. But it's like, am I making the right decision of basically overhauling my life, like, you know, living somewhere half of the year um, and potentially slowing down progress uh, as an entrepreneur so that, you know, I can have that momentum and build the empire and do all the things right. That as entrepreneurs, we have the ambitions to do. So it's just this kind of litany of choices that you're making day to day. But that choice, like, you know, you take care of yourself. You got to have that, that, that harmony. I've been, I've been saying like worth, even Sean's a big proponent of this worth like balance that doesn't exist. It's life. Um, mm-hmm. the other day I actually heard someone say it's, uh, it's work life harmony. I really actually like that a lot. Yeah. Um, but that's I often it say that it's life harmony. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, do you feel like this, this experience you had like really kind of helped propel you uh, and grow you as a person, which I think probably resonates and comes out in your work. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> I think I have so much, um, like I'm a huge personal development nerd. Right. And so, so a part of me was, um, you know, after spending, I don't know, tens of thousands of dollars on personal development, you know, and then like my dad pops up, I'm like, Oh, great. Get to put your money where your mouth is. Um, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. Cause it's like, you know, you, I mean, after the amount of work that I have done, it's like, you can't go ahead and like avoid, like, like, like now I'm going to like, Oh, I'm going to be in avoidance around it. It's like, no, like we're going to go, we're going to deal. We're going to heal. Right. Um, and and so for me, it was, it was extremely healing. Um, you know, I, I think my personal self-worth is, is, you know, leaps and bounds where it was last year. Um, I, I feel like I filled in holes in my soul that like definitely had gaps um, and question marks and everything like that. So I feel, I feel way more resilient to face anything that comes. And then also after having been able to go through something like that and kind of deal with it head on, um, there's just a level of empathy that gets created for other people. Um, like I remember last year, there was like three people who called me up and they're like, Oh man, I haven't like, you know, talked to my father in like 10 years. I haven't talked to my person and da-da-da. like, you know, like, what do I do? And I, like, it, it was just really odd, but it, it gives you an opportunity to create more connection with others in a way that, that I might've not been able to. So, so I think that like foundationally as a human being, um, yeah, it's definitely worth it. What would you say to someone? It's like, yeah, yeah. Like off of that story, 10 years, I don't know. Dad was, dad was a dick. I don't want, I (laughs) just not don't want to, don't want him in my life. no, what would you say to someone like that? <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like both of my parents were dicks. <laughs> like, you know, like, I mean, I, I have stories about stories about stories, um, you know, and, and I have great relationships with both of them now. Um, the thing that I, that I kind of always go to is that they did 
most parents, right, um, even narcissistic parents, right, because some people are like, oh, well, mine's kind of narcissistic and sociopathic, da, 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 da. Like, yeah, yeah, been there, done that. Um, so most people, like, have done the best that they could with the knowledge they had, right? So, you know, like maybe their parents were dicks to them. Maybe they got abused. Maybe they just, you know, they thought they were doing the best for you. Like, like there's so many things and, and it's not a justification, right? But it is an explanation. And, and if we can have empathy, you know, and, and, you know, and, and usually kind of like the devil's advocate is like, He's like, but why do I have to be the bigger person? Like, why do I have to be the adult in this relationship? Um, and it's because if you don't own the relationship, no one's going to own it for you. Right? And, right. and chances are, like, if you want to have a really good relationship or you want to have the most optimal relationship with your kids or with little ones in your family, whether they be like nephews or nieces or, you know, like whatever you're, you know, if, if you have your own parenthood plan, like it's really good to heal those things to kind of be able to pay it forward. That's amazing. I'm really glad that I, you never told me that story actually. So I'm actually uh, really appreciate that you're able to share that with us and, and everyone. I knew that you were there. I was like, Oh, I wonder if she's like, I'm like, cool. Like, Work-life balance. You can just do this anywhere you want. She's in cool. Yeah. No, no there was there was, was no a- balance. <laughs> there was no balance. There was a lot of field position. There was a lot of field. Yeah. I think your internet was really spotty too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not the best time. Huh. No, but I mean, it was, it was great. <laughs> but I mean, like, wow. Like the context, like, I mean, kudos to you, like kind of really do, doing what you just plunging in and getting it done, you know, doing it. I think a lot of people sometimes are very, have a lot of fear and anxiety and uncertainty to do things. Um, so it's a little bit goes back to your gut, trusting your gut a little bit. Yeah. yeah, it definitely was. It was, it was one of those things where I was like, I think I should go to Columbia. And I did. Right. Cause I, I, I definitely got to a place where I was like, I'm, I'm trusting my gut maybe like two years ago. And, and, you know, and I've been pretty consistent about that. Um, yeah. And the other thing is like, I, I always say to myself that fear is irrelevant. Right. So it's not that you don't have fear, right? Like everyone has fear. Like, mm-hmm. um, but if you do the thing, you're going to have fear. And if you don't do the thing, you're going to have fear. So you might as well do the thing. <laughs> Speaking of fear, I mean, this is a question we ask everyone is what, what scares you now? Like, what are you fearful now? Like what scares you now still? We all have, have yeah, that. No, no, for sure. Um, I'm trying to think like, what did I tell you guys on that sheet? Um, <laughs> what scares me now? I think, um, like if I'm being super, super honest, um, my future children scare the crap out of me. Like, I feel like, no, and I, I know this is like so weird, but they, I feel like I'm going to spawn like these like little terminators where I am just going to be like so challenged and so on my toes and like the whole thing. So yeah, like that, that scares the crap out of me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which I don't even have them. Right. But I'm like, the th- <laughs> like, like, Oh my God, this scares the crap out of me. Um, and I think it's going to be a phenomenal misadventure. Um, but yeah, it definitely <laughs> scares the crap out of me. Great systems for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. uh, little scorecards. 
like yeah, yeah, one. Little, little person scorecards. <laughs> <laughs> um, what have you tried that that was probably maybe a big investment for you, and it just like did not work? You know, what'd you learn from it? Yes, yeah, so I would say so. One of the things that you know, just kind of back into that question of what have I tried that was a huge investment. I I definitely think I took way too long to do marketing. Right. So, um, I, you know, and and we can kind of like list all of the things. So in terms of like failures, I would say the failure to launch marketing, um, was, was a huge, well, you know, it is what it is. Right. But I I definitely would have done that way faster. Right. Cause if you don't have a lead generation engine, like you're just like, it's still kind of just, it's, it's not a real business until you have some legion, um, coming in one way or the other. And, and because I'm such a systems and process person, right? I was like, oh, this is such a weakness. I don't want to do it. Um, and then, um, and then just doing certain marketing, you know, and then starting to do like marketing funnels. Um, I definitely think that that like, I've, I've definitely had a couple of funnels where like you just pour money and you pour money and you pour money and it's not working. Um, one of the things that I had to learn, I very quickly, I would say, once I started doing marketing funds was like the metrics around marketing so that I could finally say like, you know, we're five grand in, this isn't working. We're 10 grand in, this isn't working. We're 12 grand in, this is working. <laughs> right? So I think it's like, like, like knowing, you know, and, and I'm such a metrics person, right? I'm, I'm so analytical, but like knowing like where your money's going and, and whether or not you're, your marketing's performing is huge. Like I remember, uh, like to give you an example, we, I did a, a funnel last year. Um, and it was sort of like this, uh, you know, it was a VSL funnel. So it was like a video to, um, a sales call even. And, and it was, it was disheartening. I think at some point it was like 1300 dollars per call and it was like a 200 like lead cost and and this was like after like you know going back and being like oh this is what it is um so we broke even on that funnel a year later so like because I I had to like go back and do the math because I was like now you know I was like looking at my newsletter and kind of and like my nurture sequences and I cleaned that out and I was like, and I was like, okay, where are these people coming from that actually closed from the newsletter? Like, what was their original attribution? And it was this funnel and, you know, but it took a year. So, so definitely, um, I would say, uh, marketing funnels. Um, the other thing I would say also is like people, uh, so certain people that, you know, and, and I'm at fault of this too. Like, I think I've gotten better at it, but I'm still, you know, I, I always joke with you, Con, that you're like, you have like nice guy syndrome um, and you'll let people on, you know, way past their expiration date. And I've definitely been guilty of that. And, you know, and, and then all of a sudden you look at your costs and you're like, crap, you know, this might as well be a charity line item because I'm getting nothing out of this. It's just donating to the cause. So I <laughs> think definitely there. Yeah, People are. I think that's, this is relevant to a lot of people. I think a lot of people, they start a business and they have like their, their number two person, a third person. Um, I mean, I used to have a business partner, you know, and I didn't want to be a statistic, but sometimes like, I mean, it doesn't even have to be a business partner. It could be like your first employee or your second yeah. employee when you're small and you're growing and you kind of feel loyal to them because they've been with you for so long. 
you know, and, and, and you're like, maybe right person, wrong seat. You move around, you keep yeah. moving, but there's no, there's only so many seats on the bus. It's almost like, I don't think there's a seat that fits anymore. And, and no. how do you, how can you get someone to kind of like speed up that, to realize that sooner? <laughs> I mean, I think it's just, it's awareness, right? So um, I think the first thing is, you know, I go back to this metrics, right? Like, are you measuring performance? Um, same way you would measure your marketing, same way you would measure your sales. You got to measure your people um, and, and actually have them have accountability. And so many um, individuals don't have accountability, right? So, so when you move them, you know, if you move them to a different seat, you're like, okay, well, this didn't work. And maybe they have this skill set, So maybe they'll be good here. Um, Cause it's way easier than trying to like go through the hiring process, uh, you know, finding more people, which you still have to go through the hiring process for that seat anyway. Right. But yeah. <laughs> um, you're like, no, like, let me see if I can keep on, you know, and, and you have performance on that seat. Like, is that working? Is it not working? You know? And, and then it's like, if they're not performing, then, you know, there's no seat can help them. And, and at that point, you just, you have to start making a critical decision. All this, all great stuff. A lot of, we got a lot of information and value from you today, Juliana. Um, now we always like to ask people, what are, what are they working on? You know, if we want to give you an opportunity to tell us like some cool shit that you're working on. You are, I know you're working on a lot of stuff. So so tell us a little bit of like some projects. So what are you working on now and where, where are you going? Yeah. So I would say, um, we, I'm right now we've got our signature program, clone yourself, which I'm very geeked out on. Um, you know, and, and I would say what we're working on there is really, um, enhancing, uh, a lot of the experience on it. So, so we've got, you know, these, uh, ticker talks where we bring people in and, you know, and for the community and, you know, we've got like some really amazing marketers and, and heads of marketing. We had like Matt Fishkin in there, um, you know, who's the founder of Moz and, and getting people to get geeked out and inspired around like super cutting edge, uh, marketing and, technology and things of that nature. So, um, you know, improving the community, um, and, and right now kind of on the background, uh, creating all of the, the training and facilitation for, for our groups to get, you know, some new consultants in there as we're scaling and building out marketing funnels for that. So, so that's really exciting. And then, um, our second program, which is called stealth teams, um, which is all around, you know, people gathering their metrics and their data so that they can run their businesses based on information and they can make those critical decisions based on information for what runs their agency. And they can really kind of, you know, get their teams to be super autonomous without them so that they, their teams can be making decisions without them. Their teams can really be running the show without them. So our founders can go off to the next thing and, you know, sort of kick ass. Uh, so we are doing our version three of the dashboard, which is really, really, really cool. Um, and working on our leaderboard for that because we've got a leaderboard for the Clone Yourself program and all of our members there. So right now we're creating the leaderboard for uh, cell teams so that people um, can be, I think agency owners are naturally, and you know, most business owners, we're naturally in comparison mode. Um, but this is kind of utilizing that in a really cool way. Um, and, and our members tend to be super supportive of each other and everything like that, but a little healthy competition goes a long way to yield faster results. So, so that's kind of all the stuff that we're working on. Yeah. I mean, 
for those that are listening, I mean, the, the program that Juliana has is pretty badass. I call her my Yoda. Um, <laughs> like I'm going away on vacation tomorrow for two weeks and I know I can stop out and my team's running the show. Like that's really the ultimate goal, right? Like, hence the name scale time. So like kudos to you and your team. Um, how do people get a hold of you, Juliana? How can they contact you? Um, yeah, absolutely. So, um, uh... You know, you can get a hold of me through the website um, at scaletime.co. You can get a hold of me through LinkedIn at Juliana Marlanda, um, Instagram at Juliana Marula. And yeah, I, I still pay attention to all of the emails that come through. Um, if people have questions, I, you know, I, I geek out on answering people's, you know, problems and stuff like that. We've got tons of resources on the website. So, you know, you can really find me on the interwebs and, and let me know what your challenges are. I love to help people out. Awesome. Well, we're going to put all your information out there so everyone can find it very easy for you. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us and, you know, really um, you know, being vulnerable with us, Juliana. Um, so guys, get out there, crush it, take some good takeaways here from today and look forward to connecting with you next time. Always connect with us uh, and send us an email. We'd love to hear kind of what you guys are looking for, what other types of entrepreneurs you would love to have us uh, on our show as a guest. And we also welcome you to be on a guest. So reach out to us and we'll, we'll schedule some time for yourself. All right. Cheers. Absolutely. And as I always say, kick some ass. <laughs> so this is not so much just for our listeners. It's with our listeners. We're doing this with them, not just for them. We're all together in this big, massive, disconnected group called entrepreneurs. Find us on Facebook and LinkedIn at The Vulnerable Entrepreneurs. Twitter and Instagram at The VE Podcast. The VE Vulnerable Entrepreneur Podcast. And join the conversation by visiting us on our website, thevepodcast.com. And email us at hello at thevepodcast.com. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today. That wraps it up. We understand that every minute of your day is valuable, and we appreciate you spending time with us today.